welcome back to Vulcan. Hello, the Incomparables Star Trek Discovery Flashcast. Uh, I'm Flash. <laughs> that voice you heard was Jason Snell. The voice you're hearing right now, Scott McNulty. We're here to talk about uh, the latest short trek, uh, which is uh, the clever way that CBS is trying to hold on to as many CBS All Access subscribers as they can while the new season of Star Trek Discovery is being worked on. Uh, the second one is called Calypso. And Jason, welcome. Thank you, Scott. I'm, <laughs> I have been waiting for someone to talk to me for oh, a no. thousand years. <laughs> That must be very lonely. In that time, I've been working on my sentience. How am I doing? (laughs) Pretty good. I thought you were a real person for a moment. Would you like a taco? (laughs) I would actually like a taco. When I saw those, I thought, I would like a taco. (laughs) It's not even Tuesday, though. No, it's not. Uh, So I think that they have, with the second short trek, they've cracked the uh, how do we do this cheaply uh, and make it really good. Uh, by setting it a thousand years after Star Trek Discovery, so nobody else is around. Yes. Uh, and hiring one of America's most, uh, lauded and best novelists, mm-hmm. uh, to write it. <laughs> and yeah. there you go. You get a really yeah. good short trek. No problem. I, I, how will they do this next time? <laughs> right? Well, 2000 years in the future. Uh, and let's find another author that we, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't. It, this is going to be a hard act to follow. I think it is. I think. I think. What's funny is this was always the outlier of the four. They talked about how they were going to do a Tilly story, and they were going to do a Saru story, and I forget what the what the third. It's a, a mud. Oh yeah, it's a mud, Harry Mud, and then there's mm-hmm. uh, the mysterious man craft on a on a uh, an empty spaceship. What is Ooh. that about? And uh, that's this one, and. I so yeah so Michael Chabon is who we're talking about the the mm-hmm. writer of this who is also working apparently on that new uh, the Captain Picard project yes, that they're working which makes on. me even more excited now because I was not sure when I heard Michael Chabon was going to be writing a Star Trek episode uh, a short trek and then working on Captain Picard's new series I thought he's a really good writer but is it going to translate to Star Trek uh, and this makes me think yes yeah. yes it will maybe, maybe so yeah this this was uh, really well done and. Um, uh, per your earlier point about the cleverness of getting people to pay for Star Trek uh, before the season starts, I did in the interim since the last one we talked about a month ago. I think uh, somebody at CBS actually made the uh, official disclosure that their ultimate goal is to have Star Trek, a new Star Trek on basically every week out of the year, because then you can never cancel. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll never want to cancel. Never, you can actually right. cancel. No, it's not possible. If there's Star Trek on, I can't cancel. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't read the terms and conditions. Yeah, that's right. You should just scroll through them and uh, you missed it. Darn it. I'm excited about that. I, I do worry a little bit because I'm a Star Trek fan that maybe that might be too much Star Trek, but I do not want to. There was so long where there was not any Star Trek that I don't want to at this moment worry about too much Star Trek until it happens. Right. Yeah. Let's yeah, we'll deal with that when we get it would be about as much Star Trek as there was when there were two Star Trek shows on the air. Essentially, that was a year's worth of programming. Um, and. The nice thing about the streaming era is that it doesn't have to be two shows. It could be a whole bunch of miniseries and maybe a couple of 10 or 15 episode series and some mm-hmm. one-offs and little short films and stuff like that, which, uh, and yeah. we've heard, uh, the latest rumor. I don't know if it's rumor that they actually announced this. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is going to be, uh, in a section 31, like miniseries that kind is, of thing. That is a rumor. 
Um, it sounds like uh, they. It, it's one of the options that they've got, and that um, it sounds to me like maybe what it comes down to is if if they can get her um, because mm-hmm. she's she's in demand. She's actually got a busy schedule, and what that might look like, and whether that's a miniseries or the other thing that's mysterious about a lot of these is like it's a miniseries. What does that mean? Does that mean it's a <laughs> a special like single story and then they're done, or is it sort of like well we're going to do a six episode season and if it does well we'll bring it back for another six episodes that's mysterious too but i think our reaction to that uh when we heard on our little slack group was like Mm -hmm. well yeah she's great (laughs) like i mean why would you not get more of her if you could get more of her yes i see no downside so so bring it on is what i say and i do to your point about streaming the nice thing about it is that they give you the flexibility that they can do things like this short trek so calypso is what 18 minutes long and it's not really connected it's on discovery but it's not really connected to discovery in any way other than it takes place on the discovery Uh, so they can do all kinds of stuff like that and it doesn't need to be this 24 26 episode uh thing right so they can they can do all kinds of wacky stuff Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i i think uh we talked about this uh, last month but like the future of star trek is exciting we'll we'll wait until we can we can complain about there being too much star trek later but (laughs) it's exciting exciting in the sense that this is a franchise that is able to because it's on a streaming service is really able to just kind of play with different formats and i mean not even star wars which is they're doing a couple live action star wars series for disney plus uh their new streaming service but like i feel like star trek got there got there sooner in terms of saying what if we did a franchise that was in just entirely inside a streaming service and you know we could do whatever kinds of projects we want i think that's really fun that they're doing that and i i'm not sure i've seen any other franchise just completely embrace the idea that they can do all sorts of different things because it's streaming and there are no rules anymore and I'll be interested to see. So, you know, Jason, you and I have talked about how we feel like Star Trek is best when it's a TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Star Wars certainly, I believe, is always its best when it's a movie because it's kind of a movie thing. So I'll be interested to see the Star Wars, although I probably won't subscribe to the Disney streaming, so I probably won't see it. Star Wars live action show and how that translates. Right. Can, they, can they translate? Well, it's like, can Star Trek translate into movies? And I think the answer is it can, but you lose a lot of what we think of of a star mm-hmm. trek uh so what happens when you go the other direction with star wars can you gain i mean they've done animated shows and and That's the people true. who like those shows say you absolutely can kind of gain this like richness and depth by following these characters over time so maybe star wars will discover how great it is to be a tv franchise like like we already knew with star trek and there'll be Star Wars all over the place. But we're not here. I can hear oh my Star God. Trek fans saying, Is this Random Wars? I don't think so. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, I will One last thing before we talk about Calypso. When I read about what Calypso was, I thought, and I think they did this on purpose, because uh, they were like, oh, it's this man. He's on a deserted ship. I thought, oh, this is going to be like some kind of creepy horror Mm-hmm. Uh, short trek and i don't really here's a full disclosure i don't i don't like to be scared jason mm. i'm i'm a, a coward and i'm easily scared uh, and i uh, ah! <laughs> and i don't enjoy it see i did enjoy that no that's not so good. i wasn't really looking forward to this because i thought I, it's going to freak me out and i don't want to be freaked out uh and it's totally not it's scary at all <laughs> yeah what well, it is instead uh super adorable and mm-hmm. I uh, let me let me know what you think here. Basically, it asks the question: What if the first thirty minutes of Wally were <laughs> yes. about a mysterious man <laughs> instead of 
a trash robot. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I had that exact same thought because it uses the same kind of structure. It has a a movie that uh, Zora, who is the uh, AI on uh, Discovery... um, is obsessed yeah, with much these, like Wally. Yeah, these artificial intelligences really like, um, really like old musicals. Apparently, old musicals that the studios apparently have the rights to. I'm <laughs> assuming is one why they make that. I think so. What are we? Well, he also has the um, the at the beginning of this. Kraft is forced to watch Betty Boop cartoons, which, quite frankly, is a war crime. Shame uh. on whoever put him in that pod because Betty Boop is terrible and stupid <laughs> and is is nothing but intellectual property now. It's, it's like nobody care. Nobody alive is even like the child of somebody who cared about Betty Boop, and yet we're still stuck with her. And now we know the true dystopia which is that in the 33rd century betty boop will still be will still be there forced upon the eyes of poor trapped men in little pods oh man i had no, i had i didn't know you had such uh, uh strong feelings about betty I boop hate Jason. betty boop but but again <laughs> betty boop is someone who appears when the rights are available and, yes. and free or cheap <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We need something, something that is uh, very recognizable in kind of, because we only see a little glimpse of Betty Boop. Uh, so it, it has to be recognizable to everybody uh, and kind of a throwaway joke, but also something that we're not going to pay for. It's like how Mr. Garibaldi really loved Warner Brothers cartoons on Babylon 5. And, oh, did you know Babylon 5 was made by Warner Brothers? <laughs> it was. They what? could get it for free. It's called uh, corporate synergy. It Jason. is. It is indeed. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. Well, so what we it is basically as I was watching this, this is Wally on the Discovery, um, but you know what? It's really good. I guess. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it is. I guess Zora is really Wally, and so it's instead of Eve, yeah. the silent uh, murder bot, it's uh, <laughs> this guy, this dude. It's this so, guy. It's Kraft, so, who is uh, a non-silent murder man. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. He's a talking, <laughs> talking murder man. That's right. By Aldous Hodge, and uh, he is our oh. only actual human who's on the set essentially during mm-hmm. the whole thing. Although he has a little friend, the voice of the computer of the Discovery, who has become completely sentient uh which is annabelle wallace and then uh we briefly see a dancer who is a different actress but she's a hologram not like an actual person she, the holograms don't count and i will say that um so it is clear they wanted something cheap to fill the time and keep star trek fans interested so sure. they don't want to spend a whole lot of money on these things um that being said this uh, particular episode i did think the first short trek with tilly it was clear this is cheap <laughs> yeah it was, it was like there were lots of points where it's like why are there no more people and the answer is we can't we dude we can't afford more people stop asking for that where i never asked i knew it right but i never asked the question in the storyline like it mm-hmm. made it was perfectly made uh, crafted huh, to oh. uh not have you ask that question about like why why did you not spend more money and show somebody in a transporter room somewhere? And the answer is like they they this story doesn't need it. And I thought They're that was dead. great. Also, the lighting I thought was really great in making it feel like there's this mm-hmm. um, abandoned ship that's a little bit dusty. But you know, the, uh, obviously the the AI has tried to keep it up over the years as she waits for her crew to come back. And uh, but you know things that's are so kind of dark and lonely and mm-hmm. uh, like coming back to a to a house where after a vacation or something and all the lights are off and it's just been quiet and empty for the time that you were Mm -hmm. gone. It's kind of like that. 
And this episode has, I think, one of my favorite shots of the Discovery. It's when uh, they show the the escape pod, Kraft's escape pod, getting captured by the Discovery and they kind of pan over the Discovery. And I just thought it looked really good, uh, better than I think anything in the the actual show uh, heretofore so maybe, seen maybe by that's me. A good, maybe that's a good sign for the, the second season. Yeah, it's that, it's that shot where you pan over the saucer, too, and it's upside mm-hmm. down and... and uh, it's uh yeah there's, I, there's, it was really good. I, I I liked all that stuff in, in and it. another striking scene is when uh at least for me Croft is craft is walking down uh the a corridor like most of the screen is black and then he uh Zora is slowly lighting up a corridor leading him somewhere mm-hmm. uh, and I just thought that's very effective and probably very cheap but it looks good yeah yeah and he he has a moment like you actually who is like wait a second is this some <laughs> scary horror movie it's not she's nope. just she's just protecting her batteries or something she's she just leading him she, where he needs to go and she's just lonely this is it's really an episode about two lonely people mm-hmm. working together to not be lonely and one suddenly realizing uh that one of them isn't a person really right he's gotta go so um yeah that, that is funny that he doesn't he doesn't quite understand that for a while that she's an ai and then he he kind of figures it out um we should say that and Michael Chabon has talked about this. That, so Calypso is a character in the Odyssey, and in the Odyssey, Odysseus uh, washes ashore in this island where uh, Calypso is this woman and he stays there for a long time and she like nurses him back to health and uh you know she wants him to stay with her and she's very lonely and he finally realizes i gotta i gotta go i gotta get back home to my wife and family um and that was the inspiration for this story was was doing a little star trek short story about that same kind of uh, that that same character, and and he, Shabon said he kind of views Kraft as being uh, like Odysseus in the sense that he's far from home, and all he wants to do is get home. But he has had all of these all of these things that have gotten in his way. The latest of which is um, being on the Discovery here and having to be nursed back to health there. And I I think that's cool. I think um, some some of the best popular uh, fiction is mining you know just doing a modern spin on a on a classic bit of storytelling and so for him to take the odyssey and tell this story is uh it's fun plus it there's is. plus there's a uh, sombrero and uh lots of talk of taco tuesday <laughs> that's right it's, did homer it's, it's have basically, taco tuesday i don't think so no he did not it's the odyssey plus sombrero equals enjoyable star trek mm-hmm. yeah that's it's right. a simple formula people yeah yeah there's some chests understand. and there's and, a, yes i that was another scene that i found quite so they want to quickly kind of compress and say guess what Kraft has been here for a while yeah. he's 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 seduced basically because it's clear he's been in a war for what like 11 years his life has not been very easy uh, he escaped he was forced to watch betty boop um, oh, the worst. and then he he ends up on the discovery and the discovery zora is very lonely and she's been sitting there for a thousand years by herself uh and she's like oh finally someone i can interact with and so she wants to make his his life very pleasant and it one imagines is much easier for him just to stay there and eat tacos and talk to zora yep. and watch uh you know funny face over and over again probably 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 it's just do you have any other movies no i do not it's probably said all right well we'll watch this one again that's fine i'll i'll eat uh, my popcorn out of my starfleet branded uh, popcorn holder also the uh fact that it's a hologram so they've obviously like it's like colorizing a movie they've they have Mm -hmm. 3d hologrammed this 
movie i guess in order to have it you know survive to the 23rd century they've they they converted right. into a hologram mm. although interestingly uh azora watches it a hologram and when she shows it to him first but when he uh in a very cute scene when he's learning how to do the dance he's watching it in 2d mm. uh which you would think he'd probably want to watch it as a hologram to learn how to dance it but whatever yeah, who knows? Maybe you can't learn how to dance with holograms. I, I don't I don't really I know. Don't, I don't know. But you're right. She makes him comfortable, and he is recovering from his horrible injuries and from that war. And then, I mean, this is very much right out of the Odyssey. The idea that he has to he has to basically like be shaken by that moment of like, no, I I need to not be here anymore. I really do need to get back out there into danger and all of mm-hmm. that. And that's that that moment when they dance uh, together because she controls the one hologram and he's dancing with her. And it's that moment where um, he realizes, first off, he realizes that she's got to have um, feelings for him as much as she can. She's a different life form, but she has feelings for him and she's super lonely and she's glommed onto him. And then he's also thinking about his wife and his child and how he needs to get back there. And that's that moment where he realizes he has to he has to go. And it, I, I like that it doesn't turn into being like that, uh, that Zora is... A, an opponent or something she mm-hmm. she realizes he has to go and although she i thought it was funny she's like oh yeah the uh the shuttlecraft uh, you know it's been sitting there for a thousand years you can't take that and then later he, he just takes it and i i was half it waiting for it to like explode and be like oh well <laughs> last frame but I, I like to think that what uh, it, it isn't mentioned but i what my headcanon is is that um all the time that they were spending together she was also working on trying to get the shuttlecraft to be space worthy so that he would eventually be able to leave. I think that 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 tracks with the way Zora is. I think that she is uh, characterized as wanting to help, even if uh, it is to her own detriment. Like she was well, ordered a thousand years ago to stay in her position, and it's clear that she can just go whenever she wants, but she's not going to because she's been ordered to stay there. Right, exactly, and and that is she's a in that perspective she's a uh, she's a caretaker and a caregiver to anybody who's on on her ship and mm-hmm. so she in the end even though you know she reads as she's sentient and all of that but she still has her kind of nature and her nature is to is to take care of him and also get him on his way ultimately because it's that's that's the same thing that motivates her to stay and wait for her crew that's been gone for a thousand years i want to ask you about that like so they set this a thousand years in the future which is um there are a few instances of time travel, but it's one of the farthest forward things we've ever seen in Star Trek. Of course, we don't see anything. Do you think this is something that will pay off in season two of Discovery, hmm. where Discovery will have some weird time thing that happens with the crew and then they end up on the ship, but now it's got a sentient computer? Or do you think that it will never be dealt with? And <laughs> literally, like at some point after Star Trek Discovery is long over, then a crew that we don't know tells it to wait for them and never comes back. It's, you know, what do you think about, about this premise? Is there something embedded in here that we'll see, or is it literally just, look, we need to invent a reason why this <laughs> we're using the discovery sets. Cause they could have called it a different ship, right? They could have said, well, That's this true. isn't the discovery. This is the Exeter or whatever. And they didn't. 
I think that it is. Uh, I don't think they will, they'll ever mention it again. I don't think it has anything to do with any season of Discovery coming up. But I could be wrong. Uh, I think it is something that will just sit there and be tantalizing to people, uh, and perhaps it will show up in in further seasons. But uh, I don't think it's some kind of grand plot. But All I could right. be wrong. Yeah, could I just be wrong. I, I wonder if writers. yeah, if in season two, episode eight, they have a weird time anomaly with the spore drive or whatever, and they lose the discovery a thousand years in the future, and then they have to go get it and bring it back or something, and and then we'll all go. Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, I, if if they have those, uh, the only reason I'm saying that is because uh, they have those um, little uh, interfaces around where you can see the the waveform of Zora talking, so that you can latch onto something as a character, right? Right. Um, and they, that is not part of Discovery, uh, as far as I know. Right. So that must have. I assume that you know the crew that we're familiar with is long gone when this discovery ends up wherever it is um right. so it's even further after the show than a thousand years All i right. think but i could be wrong. okay those little um her little nests that she has <laughs> oh, yeah. that is what they look like I, yeah. I i was like i that looks so familiar yeah. but yes it's totally a nest thermostat yeah. well it started with just being the thermostat um it's actually not even the ship's computer it was the ship's thermostat and then Whoa. over a thousand years it became sentient the internet of things watch out people yeah it's true it's, it's right. gonna make it's... you watch uh, funny face. Turner, yes, uh, Turner yeah, classic funny movies. That's right. That's right. It's all going to pick one. And Either just that, make or you you're going to freeze to death. So you better watch the movie with me. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Again, but it was so. I mean, this is a really sweet story, right? I like. It I, is. I, I I enjoy. I mean, I enjoy the first thirty minutes of Wally too. It's very sweet mm-hmm. and it's and it's, it's kind of brilliantly put together. And this is this is reminiscent of that. This is you know he realizes that she's a an AI, but that also she's a person, and yeah, they try to has. connect, and she's trying to connect with him, and she's lonely, and he's he's recuperating, and he need, he's and, broken, and, and is and is missing his family, and all those things, and so they need each other. And mm-hmm. then there's a nice moment when they both kind of recognize that they are becoming codependent. <laughs> And uh, he needs to move on, and she lets him, which is kind of yes. delightful that she well, gives do you, him a do you good think, shove. Do you think they both realize that, or he realizes it, and then she realizes it? Yes, um, I think. No, I think that's it. Is that he realizes it, and she is the that the, the being a hologram and dancing with him is like she goes all along with that because it is it plays into her her mm-hmm. feelings for him and. Um, and so she goes along with all of it and then he realizes that this has gone too far mm-hmm. and that this is not appropriate and that he's perhaps, you know, doing her harm by leading her to this point. Um, and so, yeah, he makes that decision. I, and what I like to think is that is that she understands that after the fact but yes. in the moment he has he has to be the one to say this we can't keep doing this because quite honestly, like she's immortal. And he's not. He, she could just stay and play with him forever, right? It, he has to be the one to say, I can't stay here. He's he's Odysseus. He's got to go. She's the temptation to stay in this comfort forever. And just he has to be the one to say, no, no, we can't. Eating tacos. We can't. Eating tacos. Yeah. And I did, tacos. I did think that was a very sweet scene at the end uh, where they're dancing uh, and they almost kiss. And that's when he has the moment of, oh, my God, I can't do this. Uh, my own, I want to ask you about that I don't that know scene. if you can kiss a hologram, by the way. It's unclear. I don't know. They were hold, the, he, the dancing made me feel like there was a physicality to that hologram or he's an incredible dancer. Yeah. yeah. Although they, 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 I think the way they shot it was really interesting and careful that it, it at no point do you 
really really see him handle her i think it's it's true it's i think it's very carefully done where who knows what what level of physicality there can be from a hologram he does, doesn't he like walk through the hologram so i guess right I, I don't know like that that was the thing that i kept waiting for that moment where we realized that she's completely transparent or whether he very clearly is is holding her and i felt like the show maybe you know upon watching it five more times i might have a different opinion but upon first watch um I felt like they 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 walked that line in a clever way too, which is because that's that's the other part about this is can they kiss? Can they do more know. than kiss? Uh, this is knows? not a you know they, they, this is before they invented holodecks and even with a thousand years of advancement, they she doesn't seem to be able to create somebody who is not transparent, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <laughs> but okay well i want to ask you about uh so he they don't kiss he leaves uh or he walks up and he talks to her the nest interface yes uh, and she's like oh no don't worry this is meaningless uh it will even if we had kissed it wouldn't mean anything uh yeah, she's totally lying <laughs> and she calls her a liar yep. which is a nice callback to the beginning so i really like that uh and then he leaves and they focus on her hologram projection and there's this, a tear rolling Aww. down her her cheek, and I thought to myself that perhaps that was just a touch too far. Oh, what did you think of the tear? Was that affecting to you, or am I just cold hearted uh, and cruel? Yeah, it's that one. It's yeah. okay. Yeah, I thought, <laughs> it, I, thought. I, thought, I thought it was affecting. I thought it was. I will go with you. I, I'm not sure it was necessary at that point. It's very clear what the feelings are. Yes. I don't. I don't know if we really needed to see the tear, but there it is. And I was. I was okay with it. I actually. I also have a little bit of distance from that. It's like that hologram isn't her. It's this right. dancer reputation that she's been, or reputation uh, representation of that mm-hmm. that she's carted out to be part of the funny face dance. It's like that's not her. So even if she has feelings, I'm not sure would she do. You know, I don't know. It's I, I didn't. So I didn't like the hologram kind of at all. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I could see that. Right. I did like the moment when he he uh, he says, "Oh, let's dance," and she brings up Audrey Hepburn, and he says, "No, I don't want to dance with her." Uh, I did like that. Yeah, that was good. I agree. What, what does he have against Audrey Hepburn? The answer is <laughs> that would be much more expensive to CG animate Audrey Hepburn than to just hire an actress to be a dancer. It's, that's true. But also, it works in the story as well. And I agree. that's the, the cleverness of this story is that it, it, you know, given the brief that I'm assuming the writers were, they're like, hey, you, you can do whatever you want as long as you spend less than this amount of money. Yeah. And, and we, she never talks, right? The hologram never talks. That's true. And that I liked that. That this is this is Zora's dancing avatar, not her. And that that's the way to do it. Yes. And this is how cuz he says she's like I don't I'm not a person. I can't I don't have a hologram to project. Uh and he says, "Well, you certainly look like something in my imagination and I'm sure you look like something in your imagination. So, make it happen." Mm. Uh which I thought was clever. Sure. Uh, and yeah, and then it ends. He flies off into the the shuttlecraft there. doesn't blow up uh, no. like Jason wanted him to. <laughs> because Jason, you're a monster. Yeah. Uh, and it ends, I think, very... See, this is why I thought that the tear was uh, a step too far. Because the ending, I feel like, is perfect. Because it is basically the Discovery watching her, watching her favorite movie... But she has, are, is watching the scene uh, in a holographic projection of Kraft dancing with her mm-hmm. uh, instead of the, the scene of the movie. And I thought, well, that's the way that you show this kind of very melancholy yeah. Uh, yeah. AI just kind of hanging out in space. I agree. I agree with that. That's, that's, it's, a, it's a nice ending. That's the way you do it. And this is what, yeah, well done all the way through. Very happy. 
with uh, with this one. The last one was fun, but yeah, it was fine. showed the the limitations of it. I'm a little worried that that will be true. Although, actually, you know, having having it be about Saru like on his planet and with a bunch of different Kelpians, um, that's different, right? That's that might mm-hmm. be that might be fun too. And then Harry Mudd, who knows what the heck that's all about? That's who knows what he's going to do? Yeah. Rain Wilson will chew some scenery he and will, yeah. be up to some skullduggery. That's and that works for me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I'm excited to see the rest, uh, and and I'll be talking about them with you, Jason. Yay! Hooray! I've, I've got no way to end this. So uh, <laughs> just imagine a tear falling down my cheek. <laughs> a hollow tear. Yes, that's right. 